Welcome to a new episode of True Wisdom, uh, where Andrew and I dig deep into God's Word and experience more of His love and guidance for us. Welcome, Andrew. Welcome, Robert. Glad you can join us today. And why do we really look forward to this podcast and, and learning more and more about God through His Word? Um, well, there's a, there's a personal blessing for understanding more about who God is and what He means to us and what He's doing for us. So there's a personal blessing there. But I think what motivates me is wanting other people to be able to understand this for themselves, right? Because our goal ultimately is, as we go through various stories in the Bible and try to express the different principles, our goal is not simply to share our perspective with other people, but to help people see that they can mine these riches for themselves by the power of the Holy Spirit. Like help them to know that there's an opportunity for them to understand these things and see other things for themselves, right? Because it's only in us having that relationship and getting closer to God ourselves that we will grow and be willing to share. So true wisdom, there's so much fake stuff on this planet. We don't have time for any of it. We shouldn't have time for any of it. Mm. And our verse, before I forget, because I almost forgot. Our verse is Proverbs 9, 9, and 10. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 9, 9, and 10. Excellent, excellent. Um, So... On this occasion, why don't you start with prayer, and then we'll jump right okay. into the devotion. Okay, excellent. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for the privilege of prayer and Bible study. We thank you for your word, and we invite your presence to be with us as we enter into your word. Help us to uh, choose a story that will teach an important lesson for each one of us. And may our listeners be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, what is in store for us today? That's a good question. I have been wrestling with a number of. Um, I've been wrestling with a number of different stories, and I think the one that we're going to deal with right now. I think the one. The number that we're gonna, the one that we're gonna deal with right now, is um, turn to Second Kings. Turn to Second Kings. Okay, and you're you're going to go Second <laughs> Kings, and we're gonna go to um, chapter three. Chapter 3 it is, Second Kings. Mm-hmm. Chapter 3. We're going to see if we can get through. All right. So we're going to start at verse 1. Mm-hmm. Now Jehoram, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria in the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned 12 years. Uh, 
And he wrought evil in the sight of the Lord, but not like his father and like his mother. For he put away the image of Baal that his father had made. Okay, pause. One of the, you know, we often say that sin is sin and it doesn't matter. And, um, you know, there's no better sin or worse sin. And like many other concepts in scripture, the truth is more nuanced than our perspective. So what do I mean by that? It depends on the way you look at it. Sin is sin in terms of how much sin will keep you from heaven. Any amount of sin will keep you from heaven. So from that perspective, lying versus murder versus adultery, it doesn't matter. Any unrepented sin will keep you from heaven. There are no sins small enough to let you slide. Yet, at the same time, the Bible is full of language that indicates that sin has rank. Some sin is just sin. Some sin is abomination. And a few items even rise to the level of confusion. There's no reason for God to say that he wrought evil in the sight of the Lord, but not like his father and his mother, unless there's something that could be compared. So he didn't do Baal worship. He actually put away Baal worship. But he was evil in rejecting the Lord in other, in other ways. Right? And verse 3 is going to tell us that he still did a different kind of idolatry. Baal worship, by the way, was not just, was not simply idolatry. It had a lot of additional rites associated with it, many of which involved fornication and lewdness and a bunch of other stuff. And, oh, no, that's not the one that did the children's sacrifice. That was a different one. No, Molech and some of these other stuff. Mm -hmm. right. Okay, verse 3, Nevertheless, he clave unto the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which made Israel to sin. He departed not therefrom. And Misha, king of Moab, was a sheepmaster, and rendered unto the king of Israel an hundred thousand lambs and a hundred thousand rams with the wool. But it came to pass when Ahab was dead that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. And King Jehoram went out of Samaria the same time and numbered all Israel. Okay, pause. What does verse 6 mean? It's always important for us to see these, these things. Was that not the census, the, the seeing who, can, who was of fighting age and, um, mm-hmm. and health? Yes. And every time you see the numbering of the people, it is to go to war. Mm-hmm. The one time, you know, when they came out of Egypt, God had them numbered a, a number of times, a few times. When David numbered the people, there was no good reason for it. That's why it was it was bad. He was numbering the people for pride's sake, and that's why that created a bit of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's numbering them for war because we've even stories that we've done on this podcast before. The previous king who was getting tribute dies, and these people are like, yeah, well, 
no more of this nonsense. Yeah, my agreement so was the with new him. King, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the new king is it's a it's a gamble. It's a gamble that the, that the new young king isn't going to have the backing and the strength and the clout, and, and they the have internal fighting. Right, right, All right. So it's a gamble. I will reserve what I was coughing up here. 100,000 lambs and 100,000 rams with the wool every year. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. And yeah. verse 7. And he went and sent to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab hath rebelled against me. Wilt thou go up with me against Moab to battle? And he said, I will go up. I am as thou art, my people as thy people, and my horses as thy horses. Have we heard this before? Yeah, a couple of times. And who was involved the last time we heard this? Uh, wasn't it Jehoshaphat again? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. And it was Ahab the last time. Yeah. He's very loyal to that side, that the Israelites. Well, remember, he has... Um, he has given his son, who is also named Jehoram, to Athaliah, who is the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. I didn't remember wife. that because the names were so similar. Mm-hmm. All right. So verse 8, and he said, which way shall we go up? And he answered, the way through the wilderness of Edom. It's funny, the he and the him. Uh, mm -hmm. It's hard to tell who, but since the first, I guess if they're going back and forth, that would be Jehoram saying to Jehoshaphat, which way shall we go up? Yes. Yeah, because the he has always been Jehoram. All yes, right. and if you look at, how, look at the order in verse 9. Right, exactly. Oh, okay, verse 9. And so the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom. Oh, so they added the king of Edom this time. And they fetched a yes, compass. That's why, they, that's why they went through the wilderness of Edom, mm -hmm. to pick him up. And they fetched a compass of seven days' journey. And there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. Oof. And the king of Israel said, Alas, that the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. Okay, pause. <laughs> oh, yes. What does verse 2 say again? And he wrought evil in the sight of the Lord, but not okay. like his father. Hey, hey, hey. The first part of that sentence is all we need because... Alas, the Lord has called these three kings. The Lord didn't tell you anything. Mm -hmm. It's always the amazing. The likelihood that the Lord is, is a part of it mm -hmm. is low, isn't it? Yes. But it's amazing how we get our mindset to do something, and then when we see problems with it, it's the Lord's fault. Yeah, of course. Of course. All right, verse 11. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of Pause. the... Mm -hmm. Why does verse 11 always come after verse 7? Once again, it's amazing how we get our minds set to something. Um, and then once we have problems, I think I just put myself on repeat. It's because... 
I will say to his credit, he even thought that he remembers of the Lord. it all. Yeah. 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 I, I yeah. know I'm looking for the needle in the haystack, the, the ray of no, sunlight Je- through the clouds. Jehoshaphat is a good king. And he's one of those kings that hurts me when I read it because A, I see similarities, but there's that personal pain. And B, it's like, oh, dude, when are you going to learn? Which, remember what I said is the first part. I see similarities, so Mm -hmm. personal pain. Okay. So continuing on in 11. And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him personally. I'm okay. Sorry, I, mm-hmm. I added the word personally. That is not in the Bible. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, What have I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy father and to the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. Once again, it's the Lord's fault. Mm -hmm. Listen to what Elisha says. Mm -hmm. Verse 14. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, surely, Were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look towards thee nor see thee. That is one of the most brutal statements. That is some shade throwing, biblical shade throwing. He's like, listen, if it wasn't because Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, is standing right here, I would pretend you did not exist. Ouch. But, okay. No commentary. Verse 15. No, I was going to say, it wasn't his idea to inquire of the Lord. He he didn't want anything to do with the Lord. And and Elisha said just as much, what have I to do with thee? He didn't follow the Lord at all. He just didn't sin like his parents did. Right. So verse 15, and now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, ye shall not see wind, neither shall ye see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water that ye may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beasts. And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. Now, this is one of the things that I like. Uh, and the King James renders it in that funny way. Uh, this is not a light thing. This is nothing. Mm-hmm. The, the Lord is not, is not taxed by this effort. Yeah. And he'll throw in a bonus. Okay, <laughs> He's going to throw in a bonus for you. Not only will you guys get to drink, but the parts of the conflict you didn't ask about directly, I'll, I'll give you the victory too. Which is amazing on so many levels. Um, Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That God would even do that for them, considering who they are. Considering who they are and the choices that they've made. It is important for us when we see these stories, we, we are often tempted to come to the conclusion that, oh, so it doesn't matter what we do, God is still going to be good. 
eh, that's not the conclusion that you should come to. God will be good because God is merciful, but don't feel like you've obligated him to do something because you're, you're leaning on his mercy. The fact of the matter is, what this teaches us is that God will, the presence of a godly person, even if they're a little off, makes a world of difference in how things might turn out. Okay? That's the first thing that needs to be there. And that should be a warning to us that we need to be that influence so that good things happen for other people too. Be the blessing so that other people can be blessed. Okay? Jehoshaphat needs to learn to not be so halfway-ish, or, or rather, the current living Jehoshaphat needs to learn not to be so halfway-ish. Mm-hmm. I think it also speaks to um, that God, you know, I, I look at that statement that this is just a small thing. It's that you just came to ask about water. What more could I have done for you had you come asking for more. Mm-hmm. All right. Verse 19. And ye shall smite every fenced city and every choice city and shall fell every good tree and stop all wells of water and mar every good piece of land with stones. Have mercy. And it came to pass in the morning when the meat offering was offered that behold, there came water by the way of Edom and the country was filled with water. And when all the Moabites heard that the kings were come to fight against them, they gathered all that were able to put on armor and upward and stood in the border. And they rose up early in the morning, and the sun shone upon the water, and the Moabites saw the water on the other side as red as blood. And they okay, s- pause a second. Mm-hmm. Pause a second. Um, I want to tackle something that's not as important as, as- the remaining sentences, but I want to tackle it now because language, language is important and we have to, and we have to be able to, to see context clues when they're given to us. So in 21, it said, all the Moabites heard that the Kings would come up to fight them. They gathered all of their folks who could put on armor and they stood at the border. Now you might take that to mean simply physically standing on their feet, but that's not what it means. Because verse 22 says, and they rose up early in the morning. So if they're standing, they can't rise up. Okay, good point. Right? So what it meant is they set the battle in array on the border. They were prepared for conflict on the border. So stood meaning preparing to withstand, not preparing to stand up physically. Right. Encamped at the border. And now they get up in the morning. All right. You might want to do 22 over just to get the continuity with 23. Yep, 22. And they rose up early in the morning, and the sun shone upon the water. And the Moabites saw the water on the other side as red as blood. And they said, This is blood. The kings are surely slain, and they have smitten one another. Now therefore, Moab, to the spoil. (laughs) And when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose up, and smote the Moabites, so that they fled before them. But they went forward, smiting the Moabites, even in their country. Mm -hmm. And they beat down the cities, and on every good piece of land cast every man his stone, and filled it. 
And they stopped all the wells of water and felled in all the good trees. Only in Kerharish left they the stones thereof. Howbeit the slingers went about it and smote it. <laughs> and when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too sore for him, he took with him 700 men that drew swords to break through even unto the king of Edom. But they could not. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Then he took his eldest son so that that should have reigned in his stead and offered him mm -hmm. for a burnt offering upon the wall. And there was great indignation against Israel, and they departed from him and returned to their own land. There was great indignation okay. against Israel, and they yeah, departed uh, from him. Okay, so many commentators say that there was great indignation in Israel against what the king of Moab had done. They were repulsed mm -hmm. by what he had done. That's why they departed, mm -hmm. right? So, so they read that sentence as the, the great indignation. I'm sure the Moabites are upset with Israel, but it makes much more sense that with Israel destroying everybody, right? Mm -hmm. and, and coming in to do this, and then this guy offers his eldest son, who is crown prince, don't know how old he is, but he's the oldest one of the batch, Mm -hmm. Crown Prince, and he offers him, and, uh, and, uh, and everybody's like in shock, and they decide, no, this, this is insanity. This is insanity. Now, I want you to see something, because verse 27 takes us into judges' territory right. automatically. That's, that's how, that part of the Bible is forever going to have a, a a taint associated with it. But if you look back, you, you wonder certain things. Okay. Why does God have them be victorious over Moab? Why did God have them do what you see in, in verse 19? I see it as a testimony um, to who God is. Because mm -hmm. for one, Elijah, Elisha, excuse me, was like, uh, if it wasn't for him, I would have nothing to do with you. And yet, God did something. So what Jehoshaphat should have seen is, why am I dealing with these people? I should be going to God first. God is mm -hmm. the one who gave the victory. God is the one who provided the water. God is everything. I didn't even need these other people. It should have been, mm -hmm. and then Jehoram should be like, why am I following all these other gods? I didn't even ask them for help, but God himself helped me. And Edom should have seen the same thing. So it's a testimony, and if not to the people there, it's for us. Right. Now, additionally, Moab is, is clearly exceedingly wicked that the king of Moab would offer his son. Because if you remember, God gave, um, God gave the children of Israel a lot of instructions. They were, not supposed to, they were not supposed to just tear down a whole bunch of trees, especially not fruit trees, right? They weren't supposed to just tear down fruit trees. Um, 
they weren't supposed to, um, he made them stop all the wells of water and mar every piece of land so you wouldn't be able to grow anything on there. This was pretty excessive. And then we see verse 27, you're like, well, hmm, hmm. There's one, one last point on that. Um, one last point. Where was I? Do you notice? What, what do you notice from a... Uh, I'm going to ask you. It's a broad question, so you may not get it. What is interesting about all of the participants in this conflict? Um, that's a very broad question. Mm-hmm. What is interesting about all the participants? I don't know. <laughs> What's the answer to that? Two sons of Jacob, one son of Edom, one son of Lot. One son of Esau, one son of Lot. That's who's fighting him. Oh. Jacob and Esau are fighting Lot. That's interesting. Yeah, that's right. That is right. Jacob and Esau. Right. So Edom, children of Esau. Mm -hmm. um, the northern and southern kingdom are both children of Jacob. And Moab is the Lots. child of Lot. Right. Uh, everlasting conflict that we brought upon ourselves. <laughs> that is a very good point. So, what would you call this devotion? This lesson <laughs> study? Um, God, forever merciful. Forever merciful. Because really the star of the show, if I can use such a phrase, the, the, the truth of the situation is how God worked through them despite the evil that was mm -hmm. proclaimed in, you know, from Jehoram and how it mm -hmm. highlighted the evil of the people of Edom. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'll go ahead and close out with prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this lesson. It's right here in 2 Kings 3, which talks about your goodness and how you will continue to work for us even when we go astray. But the real point is not to go astray. Don't follow the evil. Otherwise, we can be robbing us ourselves of a blessing. And even those around us who associate with us, we could be robbing them of their blessing. Continue to be with all the listeners. Be with us as we do these devotions that we will remember the lessons in them. And uh, we pray for your soon coming. Amen. All right. Amen. So let's continue to study. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, reach out to us. True Wisdom at spaceage-llc.com or on Twitter. Uh, at True Wisdom underscore pod. And Andrew has his podcast. Rightly Divide the Word of Truth, found at biblestudy.asbzone.com. Excellent. And we continue to pray that you will be blessed. Mm -hmm.